0: Welcome to another episode of Couch Conversations with Be
1: Well PBC's Community Connectors. Couch Conversations is a place for community and leaders to get together to talk about what's on their minds.
2: Have you ever wondered what people are really thinking when it comes to behavioral health and wellness? And is the community and those making decisions on the same page when it comes to solutions? That's what we're here to
3: explore.
4: Listen in as we connect community and Palm Beach County systems in an open conversation to help each other understand and explore behavioral health and wellness needs and solutions together. Good
0: evening and welcome to our Be Well PBC's fifth edition couch conversation. Joining us tonight from our community couch is Carmen Hernandez, resident in Jupiter and active member of El Sol. She will speak in Spanish and translation will be done by Betsy Rega. Gorinam Kalsa resident from the north end of Palm Beach County and active member of Rise and Circles Mentor. Dion Jefferson, resident in Delray Beach and a Be Well PBC mini grant recipient. Cassandra Corbin Thaddeus, resident in Boynton Beach and co-founder of Connect to Greatness. Robert Mitchell from the Glades. We also have joining us on our couch tonight is our couch funders. So let me introduce you to them. Lisa Williams-Taylor, she's the CEO of Children's Services Council. Eric M. Kelly, President and CEO of Quantum Foundation. And Daryl Houston, Senior Community Impact Officer at Community Foundation. Again, we say welcome. All right. So... I'm going to just start with our members on our couch tonight with uh Carmen. What brings you to the couch tonight?
5: Bueno, yo estoy aquí esta noche para representar la comunidad hispana de Jupiter y para mencionar algunas de las necesidades que existen aquí en Jupiter.
6: I am here representing the Hispanic community in Jupiter and uh, to let you know about what our needs are as uh, Hispanics here in the community.
0: Right, Beyond. what brings you to the couch?
7: Um, what brings me to the couch is pretty much just talk about um, my perspective being one of the um, grant recipients, uh, yeah, recipients, um, you know, offering um, any input that I can, you know, offer. I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you. Gurunam, Nam, tell us why are you at the
8: couch
1: tonight?
8: I'm here because I was invited by Be Well PPC. I've been in their groups that are collaborating on more good ideas, and uh, I love collaborating with other people on how to solve problems and make things better, a world that works for everybody.
9: All right, thank you. How
8: about you, Robert?
9: Oh, absolutely, well, I'm also a, a mini-grant recipient for Healthier Blaze, so I'm here. Um, In the invitation and partnership with Healthier Glaze to find solutions, something that I love to do. And I I love to be along with positive people doing that. So it's a pleasure to be here today.
10: And Cassandra, how about you? Thank you, um, Rose. Uh, I am excited to be here. I was invited as well. um, But I just thought it was a great opportunity to be with friends and partners to casually, which I love, to um, casually have conversation about what's important in our community. So just happy to be here thank you all and to our
0: funders eric what brings you to the cap
3: well i heard y'all were gonna have food i'm looking for the greens. i heard be some cornbread and i have not seen any of the food that i was promised i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm with you though i'm a foodie i'm looking for okay. and i don't want any of that light stuff i need what my grandma used to cook um no, I, 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 w- I was invited, as everybody else has said, and uh, I love hearing not just about what the needs are, but I hope to hear what are the assets in communities, what are people already doing, and it's not just about the need. I mean, there's such richness in the way people live, where they live, and how they live, so hopefully it's just, you know, it's just hearing some of those good stories of things that are already happening good in those communities, so that's why I'm here. Y'all can still send me my food.
11: <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Lisa, how about you? Well, I couldn't have said that better, Eric. Um, Uh, But yeah, it's just it's just first of all, being invited um, is just really uh, a really wonderful thing. It feels really good to to be on the couch with all of you and really just spend some time um, learning from you, hearing, you know, what, as Eric said, what some of those needs are, what some of the assets are. But also just how can we partner to make the community of Palm Beach County even better? Uh, day after day, it's going to take all of us to do that, and so just I just want to learn more from all of you.
0: All right, thanks, Lisa, and Daryl. Last but not least, what brings you to the couch?
2: Good evening, all. Uh, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I was I was invited as well. Uh, but but most importantly, uh, I think it's an opportunity to have a, a candid conversation, uh, as as much as. Um, the community foundation is involved in the community and as much as I say I do know, there's a lot that I still don't know. And, and so this, this is a great opportunity to uh segue into creating potential relationships and partnerships of um, resources that we have at the community foundation and just really getting down to the like to say the, the grassroots of the issues in our community and seeing how we can support those.
0: All right, thank you and welcome all of you and again, this is a great place for us to start building community and learn about the things that we do not know what's out there in our community. As far as our county is concerned, so this is a great opportunity for us to come together so i'm going to go straight to the funders couch anyone on the funders couch can answer this question. As a funding organization that gives funds to the community, what is the expectations for your respective organization as far as giving out funds uh, to people that come to you for funds?
2: Um, Well, I I guess I can start off. I I think first and foremost, you know, there's the opportunity to access resources through the community foundation. Uh, And typically that is done through a fairly, I guess, competitive process. Uh, But once an organization receives those resources, I think the expectation for us is first to always communicate with each other and understand what goals they're trying to accomplish. Um, as, as a funder, I think sometimes smaller organizations, even larger organizations, look at us as this big brother looking down upon them and telling them what to do. But I can honestly say from, from my lens, it's, it's a true partnership. We're just, you think for the opportunity to partner with the organizations that are doing the groundwork? Because like I said, as much as we do, know, uh, they have expertise the knowledge, and, and they have those experience, built experience within communities that they serve. And, and ultimately the expectations at the end of the day is, is to hope that the resources will help them achieve the goals that they set out to accomplish. Uh, and and, and we can the ways we can do that is through, through partnership, through communicating with each other and understanding the great needs within the communities that we serve. Awesome, that was a great response. Anyone else on the
0: funders couch would like to uh, weigh in on that question?
11: I mean, I would say we're, we're very similar. I mean, you know, our expectations. So just in case everybody doesn't know, the Children's Services Council is considered government. We're a special taxing district. So we do have um, specific as government, sometimes different expectations um, based on the, the fact that our dollars are taxpayer dollars, they're not necessarily donor dollars. So there are specific, you know, expectations of what we can and cannot do. Um, as far as the children's services councils, there's expectations as far as, you know, our dollars have to be used for children, um, and families. So prenatal to age 18, they can't be used outside of that. Our dollars can't necessarily be used for, um, for capital. Um, our dollars can't be used for, um, based in statute, we can't supplant dollars. We can't, um, uh, use dollars to fund other government entities for their core responsibilities. So our dollars can't be used, for example, to fund teachers and schools. Um, so there are definitely some rules, you know, guide guidance for us of things we can and cannot do. But I agree um, that, you know, the idea is really to, um, we have to be accountable for dollars. So there are expectations around data for us that we have to be able to tell the taxpayer that their dollars were used wisely and spent well. Um, I do, in fact, we do, in fact, get calls from taxpayers asking us about um, the dollars and the programs and show us the outcomes. And so, you know, uh, we're, we're a little bit under scrutiny at times, but, you know, I think it's just really about, you know, working with, with individuals when, I, when needs are identified in the community, we do that competitive process. But we really, we don't want to be, Big brother. We want, we're we're really trying to change, for us, how government's seen as far as being a partner um, to implement the best programs to get outcomes for for children um, and families. And so we don't, we want to be seen as not that, that, that in terms of data, like it's a gotcha. It's really about trying to work with with individuals um, and and programs to, to better Palm Beach County.
3: Now, Rose, we don't all have to answer each question. So I mean, I don't know if you want to just move on and.
11: No,
0: um, Eric,
3: uh, (laughs) we don't have to. I mean, if you want me to, I will. I didn't didn't know if it was like, hey, each question you want. No, we want
0: to have real good, authentic conversation. And if you would like to expound on that, you are more than welcome to do so. (laughs) Uh, Eric, do you have anything to say on that question before I move (laughs) forward? (laughs)
3: Nah, I'll wait for the next one. <laughs>
0: all right. So it looks like, you know, there's a lot of accountability and then all of that type stuff as far as, you know, that funding um, and giving funds out to the community. So, uh, you know, anyone else on the couch or from the couch, do you have anything to say as far as that is concerned? Um, any questions to that before we move on?
8: Uh, well, one question I have is, is the community foundation, is that funded by donors, or does that have other resources from which you fund?
2: Yes, most of private donors, donors private support our work. And, in, and, and just so one, one note, I think as, as Lisa said, and in terms of expectation, one thing organizations have to remember that across the board, in terms of the funding that you approach, the expectations they are going to be some pretty different uh, across the board. Uh, so just be mindful when you approach an organization, understand uh, what their objectives are for their grant making. understand uh, that they'll probably be different in terms of the expectations that you. Have.
10: So I have a question uh, because uh, I think Daryl and maybe you, Lisa, mentioned um, not wanting to be seen as like Big Brother, right? But you also have to be accountable for your funds. And so I'm curious, like, how do you balance those two things so that you know you can be accountable, we can be accountable, and it doesn't feel like you're being Big Brother? Like, you know, I'm just curious, like, how do you how do you think about that?
11: I, I guess part of it is being really clear upfront with expectations. And, and having some conversation, like if there are things that, that aren't negotiable for us, because for, for whatever reason, we have to be able to do something. Um, I think being really um, communicating those those issues right up front and being transparent is really important. Um, we've also, um, you know, over time, really developed, you know, within our our data systems uh, a way to share data beforehand so that so that those are implementing programs can see sort of where they're at in terms of data. So it's not us coming to them afterwards and saying, why wasn't this met or whatever? Like they know well in advance if there's if there's issues and then they can have that conversation directly with us and say, here's why we're not going to be able to meet that expectation. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for example, I think COVID was a really good example of, you know, a lot of the things that we contracted with were not able to be met. You know, people weren't able to do in-house visits, you know, uh, programs in schools weren't able to be done. So it was really about working in partnership to see what could be done, what couldn't be done. And so it wasn't after the fact. I think that's really, you know, important that there's no sort of surprises and that we're we're both on the same page moving these programs forward, because things are always going to come up. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Lisa.
2: And I would just say for the Community Foundation quickly, uh, what we've implemented in terms of looking, really looking at at it as a partnership. Uh, So when we award grants, we have outcome calls with our grantees. this is an opportunity for us to get on the same page and say, hey, um, I understand what you're trying to accomplish and and we're here to support you. And as they're going through that grant period, we, we ensure them that you have an opportunity to communicate with us. Should anything not go aligned with what you set out to do, feel free to contact us, reach out to us. We're not going to say, oh, give us the money back because you didn't accomplish something. It's, it's going to be a genuine conversation. Okay, how can we get you to that next step? Or how do we uh, reallocate funding within the program to help you achieve what you're trying to accomplish? And, and that way, you feel more comfortable and not feeling the pressure that, Hey, whatever the funder says, we have to do that. No, and once again, as I mentioned earlier, we're thankful for the partnership allowing us to partner with you as well.
10: I just want to say, I, I really appreciate both of you all's um, comments on that because as a organization that's funded, and I'm sure many organizations, it, we, we really don't know what, how transparent we can be about the challenges or barriers or obstacles that we're maybe having during the course of a funding period. So as much as that communication can be um, reiterated um, along the way or up front or, or wherever, um, I think it's, it's really important for organizations that do receive funding from, from, um, from you all. So thank you for that.
8: So somebody mentioned, you know, of the grant writing process being competitive. And I'm just wondering if the funders, ever thought of doing something where whatever your highest priority is for the things your organization wants to fund and see change and make better, if you ever thought of doing something maybe a little bit more like this, where you invite the collaboration of people who also share that goal and share that vision and want to contribute together and have the synergy of this person's idea, feeding off that person's idea, and getting more people kind of juicy involved right from the get-go instead of the laborious sort of uh, (laughs) energy-draining grant writing process and, you know, being in competition with so many other people who might be sharing the vision and, you know, making it much more uh, doable.
1: Okay, as we move on, Daryl mentioned the keyword money. I think it was Daryl that said money. <laughs> so my question to the funders, how do you choose the people, the organization, the causes, the services that you're going to be funding? How do we get the money?
4: Um, before we, uh, Rosa, before we continue with that, I think we should uh, address what Kosla
8: yeah. my be
4: Okay. Um, what she mentioned about the synergy and you know, talking to the um, different organizations about coming together and collaborative efforts, just give anyone a chance to speak on that before we ask that question.
1: Okay, I thought she was just asking in general. Okay, go ahead because I'm anxious to hear about the money. <laughs> 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 to hear about the money. <laughs> And anyone can um, speak on that if anyone has anything to say about it. What
4: was the question, TK? I'm sorry. Um, Has anyone, um, has any other funders uh, thought about having something similar to what we're doing with the Couch Conference where you're getting, you know, where people have the collaborative effort of coming together and have the synergy to to talk about, um, I guess, the idea as opposed to doing a extensive grant process? Is that... Is that similar
2: to what you said, this summary? Okay. You know, that's that's a great question. I I would say a great example of that. So as as funders, just like nonprofits, we we get together, we talk, you know, so we may know what organizations are doing. uh, And and so we have those in-depth conversations. And we know through our past year, COVID was a tremendous impact in our communities. So what we did as funders, we came together to look at one of the great needs of teaching um, both communities, uh, lower income communities, and getting the word out and getting them engaged in terms of uh, being tested or or even getting shots. And so we came together as a collaborative and reached out to uh, several of the community health centers uh, to build a cohort of community health workers to go out and to of those zip codes that um, it showed, where the percentage of individuals receiving shots or being tested were very low, and so we we pull resources together to support, uh, gosh, maybe I don't know, maybe ten or so uh, community health workers to address a great need in the community. Uh, so we, we do at times approach it from that standpoint, where we look at a, a large project and look at the organization that can come together and actually address the need. Uh, so we, we, I would say we we are aware of those things, and we do our best effort um, to, to support those type of um, projects.
3: We have not, however, I you know, whereas we have worked together as as grant making organizations, um, the idea of some kind of a, a funded collaborative. I mean, we we do it in different ways. I I will say that we have never quantum. We have never taken an issue and said to solve this issue we're going to go out and you know sometimes we talk about rfps request for proposals so what if we did an RFC, request for collaboration we've never done anything where we said all right here's a solution here's a problem we need a solution but instead of saying we want one organization to do it what if we said in order to get this done we need four or five organizations working together like no i know we've never done it um Sounds interesting. So I, you know, maybe that's something that Be Well can help help us think about how to do an RFC. I mean, a request for, for collaboration. I, we've never done one here. I love
10: that idea. Yeah, That
4: sounds cool.
3: It does sound
10: There are other funders that have done that in, uh, in other areas. So I, I actually really love that, especially putting the problem out there,
1: mm-hmm.
10: or maybe there are a uh, there's a list of problems. Mm-hmm. And 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 um communities and collaborators can choose it's almost like we do with the with the kids in school, right? Like it's all projects-based learning. <laughs> so you pick a project, you pick an issue, and you get together and you solve it, right? So yep. I, I really love um that idea.
0: That's awesome. So be well, you know, they are in the background and they are taking note of all of that, of what you just said, Eric, and everything. Um Well, what we want to know is from our funders, you know, what what questions do you have to our couch? Because we see that the couch is asking a whole lot of questions and getting some words in. But I'm sure that you guys have some questions for the couch as well. So what are some of those questions that you can possibly ask them and what would you like to know as far as what they do in the community?
3: My first question is, I know you're not going to try to skip Rose's question about the money. know
1: they my question. no I have friends that specifically uh, want to know about the funding. Yes, <laughs> and we
0: also have a question from Facebook, but I want to give the funders time to ask a question as far as, you know, from the couch side of things before yeah. we start getting all into the money and all of that fun stuff.
3: Yeah. I, you know, I, I do have a question for the couch. Uh, for those. Um, You know, you represent communities that are very diverse. You know, I know Carmen made it, you know, clear representing the Hispanic community. Uh, Robert, out in uh, what you could call Muck City. Um, Yeah, very diverse communities. You know, when you think about organizations like ours, do you, I want to know, do you sense that we get you, that we get your communities? or, Or are we disconnected now the word equity is being thrown around you know are, do you feel that we are those people and how can we get better at being connected to where you all are in your community well, connected in
7: sex. my way I'm sorry that, yeah
3: that, that made that, that, <laughs> can, can, that made how can we better understand the issues, do you, do, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Robert, do you know what I'm trying I to take
9: understand you? I understand what you're saying, um, Mr. Kelly. And I, and I do think that um, there has been a slight disconnect um, with the community and organizations. And I, that's why I like some of the questions that was asked earlier about um, seeking out, um, finding better ways to make sure that the goal of everybody is accomplished, especially being a, um, a recipient of a Healthier, healthier Glaze um, um, mini grant. It was very interesting. I love that because they had a very direct goal and it also partnered with the goal of Muck City Black Lives Matter. So they just came together like they was made um, to work along. So I think if that energy happens more and and also if we're if we can find better ways to because I wanted to ask you even as a funder, um, do you do you fund for organizations or individuals or both? Um, Because a lot of times those those um, avenues can help get us there because I'm noticing that you have organizations and they have a certain type of goal or as they said earlier they have some restrictions on how they can move but then again you have individuals that are working to similar goals and, and not so so finding a way to bring it all together is to me it's a really simple conversation but yes there is a slight disconnect that i think calls like this and conversations like this couch would um would alleviate them and we'll be getting a whole lot of things done so that so that's a question as well to the funders do you do organizations um or both individual and organizations. Yeah, and Dion,
3: Dion. really liked that question. I saw that Dion noted that, that was a good question. We only fund organizations. However, as we are asking questions, grant makers are asking questions now about um, how we have made grants over time. And one of the things that came that have, has come up is, you know, how do you get directly to what people what the people are doing? You know, how can you get to the point of making grants to the very, the efforts of residents and people in the community. We haven't figured it out yet. So again, part of the reason that, I I mean, I didn't expect all of this, but this would be one of the things that would be helpful to us. How do we think about that? So for instance, if we were to tell you all of the, um, all of the things that we needed to make sure that we were being good stewards of the money, maybe you could then say, well, here's how we can assure you that we're taking good care of the money, does that does that make sense? Because we know we have a role as as stewards and fiduciaries, and you would say, well, here's how we can assure you that money is going to be cared for. We just have we've never had those discussions before. At least I haven't. And, and what yeah. I, I'll ex, I'll expand
2: a little bit, and what Eric mentioned that fiduciary responsibility. I, I've shared this before in, in conversations. As as funders, you know, we we've been conditioned to um, look at certain aspects of an organization when we go into grant making uh, and, and those things we have to we have to peel back and like okay maybe we need to step back so for instance you know we're looking at your organization's leadership we're, we're looking at how long they've been in existence uh, we're, we're looking at their, their budgets uh, we're, we're looking at what, what their board makes up so traditionally that's giving us a little more security okay they have all these measures in place um so we can uh, feel better about funding these organizations but the reality is is that and i shared this once again before, uh, those organizations there that have all those pieces in place, they were once a small organization. That's so right. how do we help the small organization That's get right. to that, that level? And so once again, we have to step back and say, you know what? This is maybe a slight risk, but the reward if successful is much greater than the risk ever was. So it's, it's something that we have to extract out and kind of like reprogram, to reprogram ourselves as, as funders. And I, one last one. One last thing. In terms of organizations and individuals, uh, we 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 don't fund individuals. Um, specific guidelines that we have in place uh, as an organization, but even by even by the IRS prohib- prohibits us from funding individuals. However, you know, we we, we do try to step back and, and look at how uh, we can support smaller organizations and, and begin to help them to to, to grow make the greater footprint within the community that serve.
0: All right, so we have a raised hand from Dion, and we also have a question from Facebook. Y'all saw how fast I jumped in there to try to get in there, right? (laughs) (laughs)
8: Um,
7: No, I actually wanted to just chime in, if I could, on the question, the initial question. It's been a lot of questions, but um, the question about do we know the community? I think just by, you know, hearing the two comments, shortly after the question, I think that's just evidence enough for me um, by saying that you guys, that, that it's, not, um, it's not a good relationship. I don't think you guys really know the community as well. I'm from Ohio, um, so I'm, I'm like new to Florida, so like asking for money and like the grant writing process and the community, um, that, that whole aspect is very new to me. So I had to pretty much utilize uh, people who've been here for a little while to kind of reach out and help me plan my event. Um, What I noticed is that, you know, the people that have been here for a long time, you know, they would be scared to ask certain things to certain organizations because of what has happened in the past. Um, So I just feel like my personal experience um, and I'm, and I am one of those people who are, who is a sole individual instead of an organization. So, um, so I do feel that um, there is a little bit of a disconnect.
2: So Dion, quick question for, for you. Yeah. When you, when you say ask organizations and they're scared of the answer, they may receive, are you are, Is that in terms of asking a funder
7: or just a, uh, just a partner organization? Um, I think it would probably be, I, it wouldn't be a funder um, because they, I'm not sure if the, if, if that is like, um, if they know who the funders are, the, you know, like a lot of times you don't know who the funders are until you see like a flyer or, you know, the event and you see the fly the the sponsors or the funders at the bottom of the, you know, publication, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I just think it was just like, you know, people who they have the, the perception they can help them in the community, but they just probably won't, won't reach out to them or, you know, so on and so forth.
1: So. And I just want to chime in. I'm going to say, um, People don't know who the funders are. It's not that people are afraid. They don't even know how to take the first step to reach out to a funder. The layperson in the community don't even know what a funder is. And, yeah. and that's,
2: that's why I shared earlier, you know, as, as much as we do know as funders, um, there are a lot of things, not organizations that we don't know. There are a lot of smaller um, organizations that we have not connected with. Uh, we, and, and as a county itself, you know, it's it's the largest county uh, southeast of you know the Mississippi. So it, it it can be a challenge. That can be a challenging space to be in. And and I will say we we definitely try our best to get the word out about you know the community foundation, um, what we're doing, how we're doing, how you can access resources. Uh, but it, it is it is a challenge. I would say so. That. The
1: for the people out there um that are listening and don't know what a funder is, can someone just give us a good explanation
3: of what is a funder a good definition for that it's a, it's a term uh, it's a term that's used that I you know I, it's not a particular term that I like just personally but it's a term used to to identify those organizations like ours that have the, the dollars the money to give to invest to nonprofits. So our money goes to a not-for-profit or community-based organization that community based organization or nonprofit helps the people. So El Sol was an example. Carmen represents El Sol. El Sol is a nonprofit organization that help serves the Hispanic Latino Latin community up in Jupiter quantum, for instance, we have given grants to El Sol. We've given grants to North End rise up on the North end. So we are an organization that provides capital resources, money, to a nonprofit. So that's what's meant by funder. We have funds, we give it to, or we provide it to the nonprofit that then serves the people or the community. So once
1: again, I go back to money, money,
9: money, money. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. And that, to I mean, me- that is what it is.
3: It's, it's the money that's needed for the services provided.
9: Exactly. We just happen
3: to, we have that access to the resources which that, that's provided to those nonprofit and community organizations and then provide the services.
9: Yeah, I was gonna say um, to Mr. Houston um, and, and to Mr. Kelly there, you know what I'm saying? I think that's something that you said and I don't wanna miss my thought there, lose it. When we talked about not really knowing some of the, the smaller organizations and other organizations that are beginning. And I think that that may be a key um, point for us to tap in because you, what I've noticed, even myself as being kind of new, you kind of find a lot of the energy and a lot of the fire Still in there when, when, when you have organizations that are new and they're more about um, creating a legacy, you know, more so when you have some other companies that been doing some things, you know, for a while, um, you know, some of the things that come with that. So I just think that um, I just want to encourage that energy there with, to, to maybe probe more of the, um, the, the own path, the same energy, the okay. same type of goals of some of the, the up and coming organizations, the smaller ones, because then they're going to appreciate it probably even a lot more. And so you're probably going to get even a lot more. So that's just me from what I'm seeing out here. And yes, I'm in that position as well. I know I would appreciate it. So listen, mm-hmm. Mr. Mitchell, for the glaze, oh, absolutely. We appreciate it and want to do everything we can to keep it going and, um, and just building up our communities and, um, and having a positive impact, period. So yes, I just want to say that.
0: Robert, I can see that you were like really trying to get all of that in right quick because you're like you playing <laughs> jump rope right now, right? I know, I know, I know. look, I, yeah, yes. Can I jump in? Slow down a little bit, but I wanted to speak on behalf of Be Well PPC and how they refer to funders. And that is they refer to the nine funders as invested partners. And they see them as a work um, as far as their investment on many levels. They serve on the boards, the Stewardship Council and the action team. They also participate and our projects and activities, and provide resources beyond just funding. So, I wanted to speak on behalf of Be Well as far as funding is concerned. And Cassandra, I, I heard you say something, <laughs> and then afterwards, I am going to turn this
10: over to TK for a little bit and let her run things.
1: How that? Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah,
10: I just, I just wanted to. Uh, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said, Robert, because that's exactly what I was going to say. <clears throat> is it really? So, thank you, Daryl, for bringing that up because I do think it's a miss for um, when there are people who are on fire with a vision and with ideas that can kind of transform community and lives and they can't get any funding so it fizzles. So um, even if there's like startup grants or mini grants or anything like that, that can sow a seed into somebody's vision so that they can actually get their organization idea off the ground, I think would be appreciated. Um, the second thing I wanted to say is when we were talking about community and if the funders are disconnected from the community, the only thing I was going to say is just to challenge our thinking um, uh, of, about how we define community, because community can be big. But when I think of like, who I represent and who I like, work with are African-American boys. So that's a subset of the community. So I you know, really would, uh, it, like I said, challenge us to think about community subsets of communities that we work with more directly um, as we you know, ask the question, are we connected? I wanted to add something to that, too, because
8: this is a great role for Be well PBC, since they are putting out the mini grants to individuals, and they get a lot more applications with very good ideas than they can fund. I was, I was somebody who applied for a grant through Be well PBC to do conversations on racial healing. I did not win. I did not get awarded the grant. But I thought this is also very aligned with what North End Rise is doing. So I approached them with the idea, and then they went ahead and said, "Yes, let's do that." So Bewell PBC could take some of those wonderful ideas that they get from all these individuals and through the minigram process, and then if Bwell PBC thinks this is a really good idea, but we don't have enough money to award all these grants, they could help them get aligned with the funders whose vision and mission is aligned, and maybe they can get more of those individual grants funded that way.
4: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Because like everyone said, when you, well, you know, uh, Daryl Houston, you mentioned this, saying that it's a risk sometimes when you're dealing with the um, smaller organizations. Um, but to Robert's point, it's like, you have those organizations that have the fire and the push and they're motivated. They just may not have the resources that the bigger organizations have grown to get with the appropriate resources and the, the support and the funding. Um, but to, um, where was saying, yeah, having conversations like this, it does help. And what P, um, be well, PBC has done with giving out individual grants, like, that's amazing to me because I, I haven't heard, heard of many organizations being able to do that. And it's giving individuals who are on the ground, helping their community, and they're getting that funding. And it's a different, I feel like it's a different approach than what an organization would do. And those efforts are, those efforts are just different in general. So it's so grassroots, right? Truly grassroots,
11: can I just jump in for a quick second and just no, because probably, I think it's, yeah. it's um, important to just note here. So, um, you know, just one of the things that we're doing um, is we, we've done uh, what we call our Great Ideas Initiative. And again, it's around trying to get dollars out um, into the, the community to our, our more of our grassroots organizations. And what we have found is after we did that, there was definitely a need for some of those that received those initial dollars for capacity building. So we created um, what we call our pipeline dollars. And so, again, it was an opportunity to build capacity for some of those really small organizations. I just think it was worth noting that there's, there's a group of funders that are looking at this um, as far as how to, how to build capacity of smaller organizations. And I'm just thinking there's, this is a great opportunity. That I think there was a, um, a whole survey that was done at one point. But it was a while ago, and I'm just thinking there's, there's so much energy that we're talking about here. It might be great to get some more input from, from all of you of what would, what would be helpful moving, moving that work forward. I think that input would be great.
10: Oh, can I, can I add one more thing, Rose? Uh, TK, I'm sorry, it's on you right now. Uh, no, but just mm-hmm. for the funders to think about, and this goes back to Daryl, a new organization and what Robert said, and that is when new organizations start, we need money for staff. And a lot of times funders are not gonna fund uh, staffing. They wanna fund the program. And in order for the program to run, we need staffing. And I, I have never figured that out, but I just wanna put that out there. Maybe you all have some answers as to why that happens or why funders don't um, you know, really look to fund staffing for an organization.
9: That's a great, yeah. and I love that cup, Cassandra. What happened to the cup?
10: Oh, my mug is right here, drinking love, my tea while I'm having it. with you all. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: That's a mug, not a cup. <laughs> look, look.
3: Well, thank you. Um I, I will say this, Cassandra. To that point, uh, some of us do fund what's called general operating dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we will, Quantum will, we'll, we will provide dollars specifically for for operation uh, or general operating support. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, you know, I don't. I, what's your organization, by the way, Cassandra? It's Connect to Greatness. Okay, Connect to Greatness. You said that at the beginning. Okay, um, one other thing. We, we yeah, fund I, Connect to Greatness. Yes,
10: Eric. yes, yes. Uh, they fund yes. <laughs> Community Foundation <laughs> funds Connect to Greatness. Children's Services Council funds Connect to Greatness. So I, I have to put that out there. I am speaking from when we started. I know the woes of when you get started, and like nobody will give you money for for staffing. Okay.
3: So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I thought. With, I thought what you were about to say was. Community Foundation funds connect to greatness. CSC funds connect to greatness. What's wrong with Quantum Foundation? I, I literally thought you were <laughs> setting me up for that. Um, I, I, that's, I was actually, I was literally waiting for really? that. Um, but no, some, some of us will. I will say this, TK, when Rose was, was, was leading, Dion did put a side question in the chat about PBC, I mean, about Be Well. Asking for funding. I, I don't know if you want to at some point go back to that or not. Yes. I was just I was just redirecting back to Dion's question.
7: You're so kind, sir. Um, <coughs> Miss uh, Lauren is actually dealing with that. We're, we're talking about the question right now. I appreciate that. Oh, Mr. OK, OK. Good you, looking out. <laughs> okay. I got you, bro. All right. Um, it's after
3: five o'clock
9: so I can say things
3: like, I got you, bro. You know what I, mean? I, can't <laughs> without, I can't say that stuff on the
9: clock. <laughs> this is the couch. This is the couch. This is the couch. I can't say it on the clock. Though.
4: Right. <laughs> Definitely the couch for that type of conversation.
8: Um, just wanna... I have one other burning question if this is a time to do it unless you need to move on to something else. No, go, go for it. I was just wondering if anybody... Thought of things this way instead of going after solving different problems directly, did you ever think about building a foundational project where we start with what makes people thrive? And to me, it's things like community gardens, nutritious food, activities in nature, compassionate communication skills, music, art, beauty. Skills in dialogue, decision-making, conflict resolution, restorative justice. I mean, there's, these are the things that build like a really thriving community for people. And I think all the problems get solved automatically when we have that as a base. Has anybody thought of any kind of funding a model of like an intentional community kind of thing that is doing just that?
2: Well, I think if, if I can answer that, I believe what you're saying, um, there's there's a model called place-based grant making. So, and, and from, that's if you're talking about a specific community, or a specific neighborhood, um, there are organizations that do place-based grant making where they'll specifically focus in that neighborhood, that community, and, and invest their resources there, and that's what uh, Palm Health is done through. I believe they're healthier, um, healthier together, health, think, healthier to together. Health together neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. and Lauren, well, Lauren it, just put it, that in the chat.
4: Yeah, that's exactly what um, <laughs> uh, healthier together does with B-Well PVC because it's an it's an, actually an initiative. It's not a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, so that's so yes, to answer your question, that does happen. Um, I want to take a step back and give a few other people on the call to um, get a chance to talk. So this is a question for the, uh, the community side. I know we have two or three. We have a, a person that got funding from Beatwell PVC. Um, we have a person on the call that has gotten funding from both Quantum and the, what's the name of the organization again, Houston, that you're representing? Adriel.
2: Community Foundation for Palm
4: Beach and Mary. Okay, so we have people that have received funding from all of these organizations, and i I would like to hear how has that funding helped your organization. Um, do you need more? <laughs> if you had more, <laughs> where would that go? Um, but Carmen and who's ever translating for Carmen, I would like to know like how has the funding helped your organization for ESOL? And um, am I saying
5: it right? Soul, 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 soul. And anyone else okay. Dale. Okay. Eh, Los fundadores han ayudado a proporcionar dinero para, las, para lo de las vacunas.
6: Um the funders have, have allowed um our organization to fund issues like or campaigns with COVID regarding the vaccines, the education, um, and our promotoras have been the ones who have gone out into the community.
5: Um, how to take
6: care of yourself during COVID. We did a lot of education on, um, uh, a lot of our families were sick. So we had to kind of jump in and either send out things through whatsapp because our population tends to um be more on there and so we sent out a lot of flyers um, a lot of information um we made phone calls
5: hicieron llamadas
7: yeah
6: we made phone calls to them to make sure that the family
5: was okay um we paid their rent mm. ayudamos uh, o sea ayudaron bastante porque también como promotoras que nos ayudamos and
6: we had a um, success with uh, over 300 of our population uh, get vaccinated wow. through um, the work of the Pomatonas. And to be honest, um, Carmen did a lot of that work
4: that's cool (laughs) yeah that's really cool to hear like because we have both sides of you know the couch or both sides from the people who are receiving the funding and giving the funding so it's really cool to be able to hear how it's helped not only uh to help a subset of a community where we're talking about a community is big but it can also be small um so (laughs) kind of jump over to Miss Cassandra and, you know, like, helped you with your subset of, you said it's young boys, right? Yes. Yes.
10: Um, so I want to, I want to, you know, highlight children's services council. Lisa mentioned, um, the great ideas initiative. And that was, um, an amazing opportunity for our boys. We, we work with sixth graders who, um, stay with us, um, through high school now. And, um, When we received that grant, we had 6th, 7th, and 8th graders who had never, our project was around yoga, right? Um, And then one thing about our organization too, we work with the boys, but we also work with their moms. So we we do that in in unison. And so we did a a yoga project and many, if not all, had never been exposed to anything as it relates to yoga. And so we had an opportunity to make sure everybody had their um, materials, plus we were able to hire Um, a couple of African, a couple of consultants who, one was an African-American male, which was super important for us to have a Black man uh, yoga instructor for our Black boys. And that was super powerful. Um, And it was the first time that any of them had experienced yoga. The goal was really around their social and emotional well-being. And so they learned some real um, self-management techniques around their behavior, how to manage their emotions, all the things that boys don't really talk about or get to talk about. So it was very, very powerful. And we um, actually had a mom report back to us um, an, inc- an, inc- an incident that happened on the bus. Anyway, long story short, her son came back and said, because of yoga and I learned to breathe, I did not like get in trouble on the bus. Right. <laughs> so that was a win for us. So it was like, yes. And the moms as well um, had an opportunity and they expressed so much gratitude um, for Uh, having the opportunity through um, Children's Services Council to experience yoga and um, control their their own stress um, and emotions that, you know, we experience every day in life as a a mom of black boys. So so that that's been amazing. And then we recently received funding from um, the uh, Community Foundation to help us continue the work with our Boys to Men Leadership Academy, working with our boys and their coaches, um, continuing to build their agency, we call to empower them. Um, so um, we're just beginning that work this year with with the community foundation. So we're just super excited about that.
4: That's really cool to hear. But how does it make you guys feel knowing that you're funding and you like you're hearing you're hearing about the great work that's being done? Like, how does that make you feel? Anyone? Yeah, I was
11: going to say <laughs> I love it. I mean, we we get to hear the stories, so. Um, but I can't hear enough of it, right? <laughs> it just makes you feel so good.
3: You know, when Carmen when Carmen was speaking, um, you know, we, Quantum, we, we, we helped to launch that, the Promotors program up at El Sol some years ago. And honestly, I've never, I have not had the opportunity to hear directly from like a champion in the community like Carmen, you know, as you was saying, Carmen was the one that was actually out there getting people vaccinated, getting people, you know, getting the information out there. So, you know, I, I, kept, I, used, I used to work with front lines in nonprofits, you know, so I, I was actually in the community working. And so it's been a, you know, a long time since I had a chance to be at that, at that direct level. And so, I mean, to be able to hear Carmen and to see Carmen, the person who's actually in the community, not getting paid necessarily to do it, but doing it because it's what we do for our neighbors i you, it, it does my heart a whole lot of good to hear and to see Carmen. I'm telling you, that's amazing. This is amazing.
6: She just wanted to say thank you to uh, Mr. Kelly for all the help that he's given us, because she has been able to
3: really make a difference because of Quantum. Danada, that's, that's about the extent of it for me, by the way,
1: <laughs> I have a question. Um, uh, it's good to have the funders here and the uh, people that are receiving the money talk about it. It's a good conversation. So if you were not on this Zoom on this, and on this live hearing about that, how do you follow up? How do you find out how people are spending the funders, how the people have been funded, how they're spending the money? How do you follow up with them? What is the
3: process? For us to follow up with the people who receive the funds?
1: Yeah, is there like yeah. a written so process? They, they,
3: yeah, yeah, so we each of us, uh, we, we each have uh, staff and teams of people who work on the project. So for instance, we have what are called program officers, and those are the individuals who go out and make the site visits. They they receive the applications, they review the applications. When the funding is complete, the the applicant or the uh, organization has to send a report to us. So our quantum, we get written reports from the organizations, and you know sometimes our staff and board members will go out. I mean, I'm just going to be really really honest as president of the foundation it's pretty rare that I get a chance to read all the reports and see all of the reports. And that's why tonight's today sitting here, hearing and seeing Carmen was so special to me because I don't I don't always get a chance to hear and see those reports, but our staff does, our team gets those reports, Rose. And that, that's a great question.
1: And I'm gonna ask a silly question. Do you ever get monies back?
3: Do you ever get money back?
1: From the, yes, from the
3: people that have been funded. You know, Daryl just made a point. Daryl, so you, I mean, when Daryl just said, we never ask for money back when a project cannot be complete, just based on, hey, we can't quite do it where we thought we could do it. What we like to do is go in and talk and say, how, how might we still use it? It does us no good to get the money back. Let me just say that. So we try to find a way to use the money in community. However, there have been on occasions times when grantee partners have said, we can't use it. There's no way. For whatever reason, we're just prohibited. So we have taken resources back. But when we do that, we just put it right back out into the community. But it's never quantum saying, we're going to take your money back from you. We always, as I believe Daryl and Lisa both said, we always try to find a way to work with the community.
2: And and just another, because uh, I'm one of those individuals that, you know, <clears throat> when you talk about uh, reading reports and uh, doing the site business and engaging with the, the organization personally. Uh, one thing we, we look at once the organization submitted a report is there, we, we require them to submit an report. So at the beginning of the, the grant process, they receive the funding, but they can approve budget of how they say they're going to allocate those dollars to their program. Um, should they need to ship any of those resources? We ask them to contact us and have a conversation as to why they're moving those resources around because uh, they're, they're not unrestricted in terms of we have received this grant. So this program is not working. So we're just going to pay our executive director salary. We want those funding to be aligned with the program that we're supporting. And there, there have been occasions where I've received expense reports and, you know, my, our, my team always say, well, we got to watch out for her because he's really going to have that budget and make sure the resources are allocated away. Okay, no uh, for me, that's part of the expectation we talked about earlier. Uh, we expect from our end that you will receiving the resources that you say you're going to spend in this way. Uh, That's what we uh, expect and hope that you will do. Like Once again, if there is an issue, um, contact us and we'll have a a conversation. We'll talk about how you can move those resources around to ensure that, uh, once again, it doesn't look like you misappropriated funds, um, but you allocate those funds in a different way with approval of our communication that we have.
11: And I'll just say for us, um, it's it's twofold. One is that, yeah, we, I've had people call um, and say we can't implement what we said we're going to implement. And then we have, you know, a group that's try, that tries to really work with them to kind of figure out, well, wh- what are the barriers? What can we what can we change and do things differently? But I will tell you, for some of our larger organizations that receive dollars where they can't, you know, it's a staffing issue and they, they can't seem to hire, you know, mental health therapists or whatever all of those dollars do come back to us. We actually take those back because that's how we're able to fund the Great Ideas Initiative. So we use under expenditures every year and then we're able to push them out into the community um, uh, for the smaller grassroots organizations. So that's sort of how we kind of keep, keep that going.
3: I didn't know that, Lisa. That's
11: good yeah. to know. Yeah, that's See cool. that? That's cool.
3: Thank <laughs> you, Rose. <laughs> I just learned something because of your question.
9: Thank you. And TK, I was gonna I was gonna speak on that um being a recipient of the Healthier Glaze um mini grant um in the Glaze and for Muck City Black Lives Matter so I, and which I'm still in that moment there um um due to um some other things that I had going on in the community I can say um first of all I just want to give a shout out to Healthier Glaze because it's been wonderful getting I was able to launch lunch the actual um. Um, initiative of Muck City Black Lives Matter on our Juneteenth event that just passed on June 19th here. Um, so that's what I was bringing everything to a head to, to actually give the community the resources they needed um, to get in contact with us. But they allowed me through that mini grant, it allowed me, gave me that confidence um, where I was able to, um, first of all, let me just, before I talk about the the other things, just to have an awesome tent. So I got a, a customized tent um, that, that, that a lot of people was talking about and, um, and and also just being able to provide the other information for us supporting what I wanted to do, because when I say Muck City Black Lives Matter," um, just to give you guys a, a, a look into what it was, since I was, I guess what you call the small organizations that that was invested into, I wanted to, to um, support local business um, and to, uh, and make sure that that was at the top. So everything. That I, that I was able to do. All the resources i done, it came through local businesses. And since it was Mug City Black Lives Matter, yes, it was also supporting black businesses, which we need and we're actually set up that way out and um, on the west um, side. So I, I can just say for myself, um, it, it, it was awesome. That support was there, but I also liked the question earlier when it was talking about staffing and things of that nature. So that was some of the things that I, as, a, as a person coming in that I had to work out. Because we already know great help is, um, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it, it's something out there. But yes, when you need, when you need those resources and you need those things to be able to give people the, what they need to be able to do things well, that really needs to be looked at as well. Because I do understand you have a concern, a lot of, I would think with funders, with the misappropriating of funds. So we get that, you know, we, we know that unfortunately we get it, but we do. But then, but then on the other side, some of the things that to me are very common sense that you need um to just to get the fire and keep it going um, those are some of the areas too that can be improved on. But I love the healthier glaze because they did have um, a mentor as well. So as things like you guys are saying um, doing the process, if I had any questions, I always felt free to call and say, hey, is this okay? To make sure that I was in line and also that if any opportunities come in the future. We still would qualify. So, 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 so. I, in a nutshell, that is it. But, but as a as a um, recipient, it, it, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, I was able to bless a lot of people in the community, and, and now they know what Muck City Black Lives Matter matter is. But not only that, they're also more aware of healthier glades as well. And so, so all of it works hand in hand when it goes the way that it's supposed to. Everybody, it's like a trickle effect. So, um, even up to the funders. So, I'm hoping. Um, Eric and you guys, you guys are even starting getting even more um, acknowledgement because when it's working well, people in the, there's more transparency, we'll have um, better actions and um, and just more resources. So yes, yes.
0: All right, so in, in respect of time and everything, we have about 15 more minutes. TK has a question and we also never got around to some Facebook questions or oh. social media. So uh, in respect of time, we're gonna go ahead with TK's question and then I'm gonna ask two questions. From
4: our listening audience, go ahead, TK. All right. So, um, as Robert was talking and Carmen was talking, I was thinking about um, the reading the different reaching the different sub um, sub communities, and how I want to hear from the funders. How do you or yeah, from the funders, how do you connect with the organizations that are or the communities that are, their second language is English and their first language is something else. So people from the Haitian community, people from the Latina community, um, those are our main ones in Florida, but how do you connect with those people to make sure that they have the necessary resources, know about what resources your, um, your organizations offer? Yeah, how?
3: I'll say for quantum what we what we have done uh, is we work specifically with the people who are trusted in those communities. Um, So our team, our our program officers, they connect with the people who who are, are trusted in those communities. So for instance, you know, I would Carmen and I would have never, you know, just bumped into each other. But the fact that we knew that there were opportunities up in, in Jupiter for Quantum Foundation to have a partnership, we began to ask questions and to, to investigate, you know, who, who are the who are the people up there who would know that? So at the time, Jocelyn was the person who was at, at El Sol. So we created a relationship with, with her. Um, so for, for some of the Haitian and Creole speaking communities, the same thing. You know, we we have to make sure, we have, we have to rely on the people who know the community, who knows the culture, who knows the language um, so that we can get the best understanding, not only interpretation of the language, but of the culture and the needs and assets. I never like to say needs without assets because Carmen and her community has as much to offer and to give as they need, same with the Haitian Creole community. So it's we have to rely on the people who are trusted in those communities, to help us understand what both needs and assets are. And then we take our assets, financial assets, and we couple that with what their assets are. Like, again, I cannot thank Carmen enough. Like, I I feel like she is the greater asset than Quantum's money, because I'm sure whatever we have given, she multiplied that by doing what she is doing. So it's having people like Carmen, who then knows what's going on and what those needs are in those communities.
0: All right, and we have a question um, from our listening audience uh, to Carmen. Carmen, Kelvin Brown wants to know, what makes a great community?
8: Hispana
6: que está preguntando.
5: Una persona exitosa? Una comunidad. Una comunidad exitosa? Bueno, pues, um, da muchas ayudas a, a la gente. Eh, muchas enseñanzas como, como este, enseñar a la gente como trabajar. Eh, también habilidades, el idioma como, como inglés, todo eso que nos enseñan. El sol es muy exitoso para mí porque tiene muchas ayudas para la comunidad.
6: Okay, a community that is um, successful especially in a Hispanic community would be um, having someone like El Sol that um, understands them, not only by understanding the culture, but also knowing that they, what their needs are, like learning how to speak English, um, being a place where they can go and find a job Um, to Carmen uh, El Sol has been that for her. It has given her the ability to be able to share her um, uh, successes or her skills, you know, which is, She's in a ministry at St. Peter's, and um, so she knows how to reach people, and, and that was the biggest barrier with getting the COVID. And so it was interesting that she used her ability to be able to get um, to the community and speak to them and have the patience um, to understand them and bring it back to El Sol.
0: I hope that answered the question definitely did Shelvin, we hope that that answered your question we also now we have a jill scott we don't know if it's the jill scott but <laughs> jill scott had a question okay and and jills jill scott i hope that this gets answered and i'm gonna ask it according to how she put it here okay guys so this can go i i, I don't know if it's for the couch or for the funders but i'm just gonna put it out there and it says, "Do you guys care more about collecting money or working in the community?"
4: That may be a question for the community, community. side.
9: Is that, that for it's the, commu- oh, if the community? Oh, the community side. Yeah. Oh, if it's for the community side, well, I, I would definitely say um um, um both. It- it's not it- it- they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um and and especially as a person of myself, you you'll find and thank you to Carmen because. Um, I, I I like people to understand that when you are doing the work and you're doing it for real, a yes. lot of times, as Mister Kelly Mister Kelly said, you put way more in <laughs> than, than it is. But 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 when you're doing it for the right reasons, you're not looking for that. Grat- your gratification is the is your project being complete, the community feeling it, everything that you got. Your goal is there, so you don't you can care less about um everything else. But if we're talking um technically, absolutely they go hand in hand. You know the funding. But also the community as well, because one, you need both. They they, they complement each other. There's no way you can separate it. And if you are separating, then somebody or some a part is being um denied or not getting this just it's just um justice. So if 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 you see Mr. Mitchell, which in Belle they have seen a lot of time Mr. Mitchell who was not funded. You know what I'm saying? And everything came um personally, but the benefit was for the community. But as you keep going on and you get other organizations that see the effort. See the um, see the, the the genuineness of it, and they reach. Then you start to reach higher goals, and you start to accomplish way more. But but to that question, simply they work hand in hand. So both for me, Mr. Mitchell, yes. Yeah,
4: I agree with that. Um, I have a a, a startup, a tech startup that supports minority-led nonprofits and connecting them with institutional donors. And something that we didn't understand going when we first got into the space was. Nonprofits have they need money to be able to support the community these are working people that have bills to pay that are spending time more time than 40 hours a week and if they don't have the funding they won't have the gas to be able to support the community point blank period they need the money to be able to support the community so what to robert said it is you need to it's hand in hand you need both there's like no way to support the community with your time and your efforts to continuously support it and it, for it to be sustainable without the money. Like you
3: need both for sure. Well said. Um,
4: anyone else from the, from the community side would like to answer that or give any input on that question from Facebook? I think
8: sometimes uh, things originate from a passion from the heart, you see, something that needs to happen. And then that energy rallies the resources Mm -hmm. and the support and the collaboration and the funding.
9: Agreed. Absolutely. And I would like to um, just give a shout out to i seen Kevin Brown ask that question there to Carmen and that's one of our Muck City Black Lives people. So, hey, Kevin, what's up, (laughs) bro? Thank you for joining. (laughs) I appreciate that. Are you a (laughs) preacher? Me? Oh, no. No, no, okay. but, but, but I love Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not—he's my, not, he's my number one homie. <laughs>
1: number
3: one. I, just, I was just just wondering. I mean, you—you you look at the camera, you talk. <laughs> uh, he might
9: have a new profession after this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Listen, why everybody trying to push me over there? Y'all, listen. Y'all ain't gonna do that to me. <laughs> you know what? Oh, okay. But you know what? I'll take that in a respect. I don't preach, no, no. Uh, Rose, somebody ah! take it over. Somebody,
3: <laughs> take it, take it. I see where he going. Somebody grab it.
0: All right, so do we have any more questions or comments? We have five more minutes left here. And again, as uh, respect for time and all of that type of stuff. Are there anything as far as questions or concerns left unturned tonight before we end this tonight session?
10: I have one um, and it's just a, it's a comment and a thought. So Mr. Kelly, I appreciate you doubling down on assets, right? So one of the things that I would like to put out to funders, if there's any way to reframe the language from always being deficit-based to how we can shift to be an asset-based, that would be amazing because our, it, 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 it continues to um, settle this mindset in our communities around deficit-based, like risk, you know, mm-hmm. at risk and poverty and la lot, la Like you continue to put that that aura in the community, and, and it kind of it kind of settles there. So if there's a way to change our language to change mindsets, and I think Daryl mentioned um, this as well, which is um, where they're already. The strengths in the community where we can build on that foundation to continue to live because the monies that are going in, we should be building communities and then building on that. We shouldn't always be at, you know, poverty and like we shouldn't always be there, but really elevating the work that is happening when we support those, those,
3: um, those needs. Well said, Cassandra, and and you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Rose, I'm sorry you you were about to say.
0: Uh, actually, Carmen had her hand up to say something, and she's the quietest one in the room. I would love to hear from her.
5: Como comunidad eh, donde las mujeres son jefas de sus hogares o mujeres que son maltratadas por los esposos, pero ahí están porque no saben trabajar en nada. Este, Ustedes podrían financiar el desarrollo económico para ellas or fundar un programa de entrenamiento de trabajo para ayudarlas a ellas? Okay. In a community where a lot of our women
6: um, um, lack the skills um, and many of them stay in violent uh, relationships because they don't really have the funds. Um, Oh, and they are, and some of them are also head of household. So uh, is there anyone, any of the funders, Are they interested in developing a program that would be for their economic stability in maybe promoting a skill for the women to be able to get into, especially here, it would be like jobs that they don't think they could do, like maybe painting, uh, learning some construction, uh, training, any kind of training for the women, basically, to give them that empowerment.
4: That was Mm -hmm. the question. Right. And just to add to that, and if you aren't or if you don't have the resources to do that, do you know an organization that's already doing that in their area to the funders?
3: There are 60 seconds left, Rose. I know we don't have time to answer that, but I would love to continue that discussion with whomever um, is interested to have it. So be well, if you guys can put us in touch, I'd like to I'd like to have that conversation with Elso.
0: Yes, so thank you guys. Stay on for a minute with us before we end tonight. Thank you, listening audience and all of you out there. Funders, community couch members, we thank you on behalf of Be Well PBC. And we ask that you just remain seated as we get ready to close this session out. Listening audience, it's been real, but we have to go. Tonight,